Shoplifters will be prostituted. Kane Scale, what's the story? Welcome to the China Podcast. There's nobody behind the other mic this week, and that's because Owen has vacated the city. Uh, yeah, he went Chun Yunning. Uh, but he'll be back, don't worry. Uh, so you're stuck with me for the next 40 odd minutes or so. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully now this doesn't turn into a rambling man- monologue or another crap's last tape or something like that. Um, and if you don't know what that is, check out Samuel Beckett, the Irish playwright. Uh, but please do stick around till the end because I'm going to tell you about a terrific event that we were invited to lend our support for. And that's coming up. Um, so 2022, it's the year of the tiger. And you know what? I'm feeling more optimistic about about the pandemic. Um, I'm really starting to believe that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm looking at what's happening in Western society. Now, let's be frank, it has been a shit show until now. But I'm looking at an ease to restrictions in some countries. I'm, I'm looking at the Omicron variant, which is the dominant variant right now. But it's far weaker than the Delta variant, which came before it, um, and it's still lingering around. Uh, and numbers have peaked, and they're beginning to fall in some countries. And on top of that, and this is what I think is the most important thing, um, in most of the developed world at least, um, it's f- people are fully vaccinated, most of the people. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the big difference between now and this time last year. So... I do actually think that if we can get through until the summer without a new variant establishing roots through society, then we might very well see the end of this thing. Um, Let's hope so. Let's all get behind the tiger. Uh, And it's the tiger I want to devote some time to this week, as well as its smaller and less ferocious cousin, the cat. Uh, and I'm going to tell a story as well of the Chinese zodiac, um, as well as animal conservation techniques in China. So stay tuned. Now, everyone remembers The Lion King, the Disney masterpiece that depicted lions like Simba and his father Mustafa, not as ferocious predators, but as guardians of all things. Now, they spoke in the film of the circle of life. It's a kind of yin-yang, I suppose, where everything in the natural world is interconnected to make the whole, right? And the lion had reason for being shown as the protector of all things. It is, after all, the king of the jungle. At least that is the belief in Western thought. However, in China... As well as other parts of Southeast Asia, for that matter, uh, it's the tiger and not the lion that is heralded as the king of all animals. But why is that? Why did, according to legend, the tiger replace the lion as one of the 12 animals of the Chinese zodiac? Um, Now, as I was researching this week's podcast, I came across multiple stories and versions of stories related to the 12 animals of the Chinese Zodiac. But 
there was one in particular that stood out. And it tells of how the tiger not only dethroned the lion as the king of all animals, but also how it replaced it as one of the 12 animals in the Chinese zodiac. So let's start there. Let's start first with the lion. Um, Now you see, legend had it that in ancient times there was a lion, but no tiger in the Chinese zodiac. Um, Now you'll probably also hear me refer to the Chinese zodiac as the Chinese lunar calendar, okay? So same thing, 12 months, 12 animals. Um, Now the the zodiac lion, according to this story, he was reckless, or it was reckless, to say the least. Uh, It ran amok, uh, tearing up the place, along with some other ferocious beasts by its side. Um, And it caused much distress to the peaceful inhabitants of the forest. In the heavenly kingdom, the Jade Emperor stressed over how he could possibly restore order to the forest below on Earth. So, he eventually turned to the Tiger, which was one of the royal guards at the at the Heavenly Palace. Um, but what's so, what was so special about the Tiger? Was it trained in martial arts? And how could it possibly defeat the Lion, the Lion King, one of the 12 Zodiac animals? We're going to find out. So, the guard tiger wasn't always employed by the Jade Emperor. In fact, it was once a nobody. It was a laughingstock of the forest. Um, the tiger naturally was a powerful animal, yet it lacked the hunting skills required to gain the respect of its fellow creatures. Now, to combat this shortfall, the tiger heard about a hidden master tucked away somewhere in the depths of the forest. The hidden master was, wait for it, a little black cat. Or in this story, the black cat. And he excelled at hunting. So the tiger managed to locate the black cat and hung around to learn its ways. Um, <laughs> now I keep having this this image in my head of the tiger running through the mist of the forest with the with the black cat on its back in like a little backpack. Uh, think Luke Skywalker and Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back. Um, then you have something like the leopard, right? He's he's Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Force Ghost. And he's panned out in a tree and he's laughing at them both. <laughs> anyway, after a period of time, the tiger perfected the art of hunting. And graduated with with a Bachelor of Arts or whatever equivalent of qualification they had in those days. Um, Now, this is where the the Jade Emperor comes in. Because he learned of the Tiger's reputation. And so recruited him to be an Imperial bodyguard at the Heavenly Palace. Um, Which was something of a mistake. Let's be frank about it. We're going to see why. Because... Uh, it was after it was after the the tiger left the forest that all hell broke loose. Um, the destructive beasts spearheaded by the lion now began to encroach on the human territories of Earth, leaving a trail of disaster behind them. And the immortals of Earth they begged the Jade Emperor to send help, and so 
in light of its past experience, the, ch- the tiger was chosen to put things right again. Uh, but when the when the tiger arrived back on Earth, you know, it was so overcome with grief at, at the sight of all this destruction around it, uh, of its former habitat, its former home. Um, and it got angry. It got very angry. Um, and its mission now was to hunt down and defeat the main ringleaders of all this destruction. And you know, you know what? It did so without much fuss, really, because it saw off, in order, the pig, the bear, and then the lion. Easy peasy, really. Um, and upon, upon hearing that the lion had been defeated, the other evil beasts, well, they just fled, never to be seen or heard from again. The cowards. So, mission accomplished. You would think so anyway, but there was one more task that the Jade Emperor assigned the tiger with. And I'll come to that in a second because it's important to note first that when the tiger returned to the Heavenly Palace after defeating the wild beasts, the Jade Emperor carved three horizontal black lines on his forehead as a reward. Um, It was a nice token of gratitude for a job well done. But the job was incomplete, as I said. There were some sea monsters to take care of next, which the tiger did, again, with minimal effort. And so the human world, the forest and the sea were restored to order. And for this, the Jade Emperor then rewarded the tiger once more with the addition of a vertical lion on top of the original three horizontal ones. Um... And this is what's most interesting about all this. You see, the three horizontal lines with the vertical line down the centre is a character in Chinese called Wang, meaning king or monarch. Uh, And if you look at the forehead of any tiger, you will see this very mark. So it's no wonder really that the Chinese people, they look on the tiger as the king of the jungle. Um. Right, let's conclude the story. Once the Jade Emperor replaced the lion with the tiger in the zodiac, word spread amongst the people of the tiger's achievements. They believed that the image of the tiger would bring peace and avert disasters. Elderly people began making tiger shoes and tiger hats for children. And actually, just as an aside, fashion brands today are cashing in on these images. Um, You'll probably know Burberry. Uh, I I don't know if they're English or American. Uh, Doesn't matter really. But they're offering trench coats, pleated skirts, fucking woven jackets, all with a beige and orange tiger-like look. Uh, Stella McCartney. She's doing bleeding luxury striped bags. And all this stuff is going for top dollar. Even Nike, Reebok, Converse, they're all in on it. Uh, And there's one brand called Moschino. They've gone all pop culture, right? And they've splashed Tony the Tiger from the Kellogg's Frosted Flakes breakfast cereal across caps. Um, The image is on hoodies. Tony the Tiger is on t-shirts, dresses, everything. Um... But, you know, when you think about it, I mean, what's the idea? You buy a down jacket with some stripes, wear it during the winter, 
then put it away for 12 years until the next tiger year comes along. It just seems like an awful, unnecessary waste. Uh, environmentalists won't be happy, that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's the sad reality of life. Commercialism rules the roost. Um, so back to the, the tiger, what else did this amazing creature inspire? Well, it was a good time for fertility. Uh, everyone had a blast. Many couples decided to have babies in the year of the tiger. Just like we were saying in last week's podcast, where so many births occur later in the year, with November being the most prevalent. Um, And it's not just family reunions, but also horoscopes too, which a lot of people still believe in. Um, That determines these kinds of life-changing decisions. Like... People, they'll make the case for giving birth during practically any of the 12 years of the Zodiac. Um, Arguments are made for every animal. Um, But yes, 2022, it's it's the year of the tiger. Um, And this year, tigers will encounter their birth sign year, or Bon Mingnian. But that doesn't necessarily mean tigers are going to have an easy ride this year. According to the Zodiac, they will in fact face many challenges and must work extra harder to achieve their goals. And if you were born in the year of the tiger, why not go out and treat yourself to some red underwear and socks? Because this will help ward off misfortune. Every year, there are one or two animals that thrive. And 2022 is going to be a good one for oxes and goats. You know, if you're a single goat or a single ox, the sea is plentiful this year. Hit the nightclubs, go speed dating, blind dating, whatever takes your fancy. Turn up in red underwear. You might just find your special someone. But if you're in China, just don't take them back to that hotel in Nantong with the live tiger in the bedroom. Ah, And I'm not making this up. This is a truly bizarre story. Although we have seen the likes of it before in China, so it's not unique by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but anyway, there's this hotel in the city of Nantong, Jiangsu province, that's southeast China. And in this hotel, they have an actual tiger walking around behind like a an anti-explosion pane of glass in the hotel room. And people can book this room and sleep there. Would you? Now, this hotel is located inside a safari park, but that's no excuse. I mean, the whole concept is just criminal, in my opinion. Um, it's plain cruel to the animals. Uh, and there are other animals too, not just the tiger. I think there are four. They're offering four rooms with each with a different type of beast. Um, but who knows? Tiger behind the glass this year, rabbit the next, fire-breathing dragon the year after. <laughs> but back to the other animals in the Zodiac. Rabbits, dragons, horses, roosters, they're all going to have it just fine over the next 12 months. 
But if you fall under the category of the rat, the snake, the monkey, uh, the dog, the pig, am I forgetting one? No, I don't think so. Uh, Then you're going to have your work cut out for you. I regret to announce. The the 12-year Chinese lunar calendar follows the same animal cycle. All right. So the year of the tiger comes third in line. The rat is first, the ox second, tiger, and so on until the cycle is complete. And then we begin another 12 years. Um, Now, that order, it wasn't randomly decided, right? There's reason behind it. And again, it involves our mate, the Jade Emperor. You see, he liked races. And he decided to host one so that he could fill his calendar with animals. And he invited every animal in the world to participate. The first 12 past the post would qualify for a spot on the lunar calendar. The main obstacle in this race was a very big river, which every creature had to cross, um, whether they liked it or not. The rat was first because it used the ox to navigate across the river. So these two, the rat followed by the ox, they were first and second. Um, third across the finish line was the tiger, followed in fourth place by the rabbit. Um, the tiger it got caught in the rapids. The in in the in the current, uh, it struggled, but it made it. It made it in the end. Um, the rabbit that also struggled across the water. Um, but it eventually latched onto a floating log, which was blown to the far shoreline by the dragon, who had earlier extinguished uh, a fire in a nearby village. Hence the reason it got delayed crossing the finish line in fifth. Um, but it was happy enough. It was happy enough becoming fifth. Um, a bit ironic, actually, the, the dragon putting out a fire. Um, but this was a friendly dragon. Um the snake beat the horse to sixth place because what it did was wrap itself around one of the horse's legs and with the finish line in sight, it seized its opportunity, uncoiled itself and frightened the horse, thereby finishing ahead of it. Um, now the goat, the monkey and the rooster, they worked as a team to pilot a small raft across the river and so they finished in places 8th to 10th, respectively. The final two spots went to the dog and the pig. Uh, the dog was actually first to the river, the first animal to reach the river. But as many dog owners can testify, the dog got distracted and it started splashing around in the water, playing around, which enabled the first 10 animals to overtake it. Um then it finally remembered there was a race on and, and it made a mad dash for 11th place. Um, <clears throat> as for the pig, well, it got hungry. And after it ate, it fell asleep, waking up just in time to take the final spot on the lunar or zodiac calendar. There is one noticeable absence. Where's the cat? Now, I found two versions as to why it didn't make the cut. 
Um, and both involve its old buddy, the rat. The first version is innocent enough, being that the cat asked the rat to wake it up before the start of the race, uh, as it had a terrible habit of sleeping in. But the rat was so excited uh, for the race that it forgot. Uh, And by the time the cat woke up, it was far too late to enter. Um, That's the first version. The alternative version is far more sinister. You see, cats and rats aren't good at swimming. So during the race, they both hopped aboard the ox when it was crossing the river. Um, And the rat took this opportunity to push the cat off the ox's back into the water so that it could be first past the post once it reached the other side. Um, What was the cat's fate? It drowned, sadly. Dark, eh? Um, And is it any wonder that cats love hunting rats and are not too fond of the water? But, yeah, so that's that's the story. That's why there's no cat amongst the 12. Um, But cats don't have it too bad in China. Um, The polar opposite, in fact. Uh, Like, they are, for millions of people, China's best-loved pet. Uh, There are some 50 million pet cats in China the last time their population was recorded. Uh... And it's thought that they will soon overtake dogs as China's most popular pet, maybe even this year. Now, won't that be a turn up for the books, for the rats out there, uh, if that happened in the year of the big cat? Um, So what I want to do now is, yeah, I want to give cats some airtime, the airtime that they deserve. Um, Yeah, let's, let's rewind back a couple of millennia to ancient China. Uh, You see, cats back then had higher status than dogs. And the procedure for adopting a kitten was the same as the one for getting married. It involved bringing a gift to give to the kitten's mother. Something like a small fish. Um, Ancient Chinese, they believed that cats could scare away ghosts as well as keeping the house protected from rodents. So they were really guardians of the household and many scholars at the time wrote poems and, and stories about them. Now, domesticated cats were originally believed to have landed in China after the Egyptians introduced them to mainland Europe, um, where they then spread across the continent and into Asia. And Yeah, that's a long-standing theory that recent research has thrown doubt over. Because in 1997, the excavation of two ancient refuse pits in the remnants of a Neolithic Chinese village called Chuenhu Tsun, uh, it turned up eight cat bones from at least two separate individuals. Now, this place became uh, Chuen Hu Chun. It, it belonged to the Yang Shao culture. Um, its people were simple farmers and potters. Now, 
these bones have dated have been dated as as being over five thousand years old um some three thousand years or so older than any known domesticated cat in china um now scientists they can't state for sure whether or not these cats were domesticated uh some of the evidence suggests that yes they were um this evidence includes bones being smaller than that of wild cats uh and being more comparable in size to european domesticated cats um the cats diets as well they also point to domestication evidence of agricultural product intake rather than a carnivorous diet was found meaning it's it's possible that these cats lived off human food leftovers or at least were fed by owners um but it has been conceded that more dna research is required to determine if cats um were domesticated as far back as as 5000 years ago uh now in modern china cats are an adorable feature of daily life and let's concentrate on chinese shops for a minute because from time to from time to time you're likely to see cats lounging around inside of shops and yeah this is because store owners they believe that cats bring good luck to their establishments um now you won't see them in retail places or the inside of any big shopping mall um but yeah mostly in in smaller places like you know the corner shop rice and paper sellers tea merchants those those kinds of little establishments you'll see them there um and and cats add a colorful character a charm if you will to the traditional chinese shopping street um which is something that the high street lacks now maybe you've been inside a chinese or other asian shop or a restaurant anywhere in the world and the first thing you notice when you walk inside is a ceramic cat sitting on the counter with like a waving paw that's going up and down up and down and it's the same concept with these figurines all right they're called lucky cats they're good for business uh in China, they're called Jiaozai Mao, but they're not Chinese, which is a popular misconception. Um, their origin is actually Japanese, and in Japan, they're called Meneki Neko. I don't know if I've pronounced that right. Probably not. Um, and you might have seen this one, this Meneki Neko with a gold coin in one paw, <coughs> with the other one. The other paw waving up and down. Um, in some places, it's believed that a cat statue with the left paw raised will bring more customers, while those with the right paw raised will mean earning more money. Same thing, really, isn't it? Um, but yeah, if if you're a fan of Pokemon or you grew up watching Pokemon like I did, you might remember a Pokemon called Meowth. Uh, now he used to hang around with Team Rocket, the villains of the series. Um, but anyway, yeah, this creature Meowth is based on the Maneki Neko. 
if you look at this Pokemon uh, and you look at it and you look at the statue, yeah, they're very, very similar in appearance. Um, but yeah, the Maneki Neko, that's the Japanese version of the cat figurine in shops, which is far more common than it is in China. Um, they probably exist in Chinatowns around the world, uh, but as for mainland China, not so much. Um, you're more likely yet yeah, to encounter the real McCoy, like an actual cat. Um, or if it is going to be a statue, it's more likely to be a Buddha. A Buddha that sometimes, like, occupies a shelf space on the wall behind the counter of the shop. And it's the same idea again as the cat. The Buddha, it's it's believed to bring good fortune and wealth to the store owner. Um, yeah, then we have world-renowned Chinese artist and activist and dissident for reasons I won't go into, uh, Ai Weiwei. Uh, he's a huge cat lover. And when he was living in Beijing, he housed 30 to 40 cats on his compound where he used to live and work for him. Um yeah, I once went to an exhibition of his in Melbourne back in 2016, uh, which was quite interesting. And as part of it, there was a showcase on the importance of cats to both the Chinese people and society as a whole. Um, cats are visually appealing to so many people. You know, they are they're one of few animals whose, let's call them, cute features remain ever present as cats get older and yeah these features they they trigger a a dopamine release in human brains which bring a smile to our faces so yeah cats bring a sense of emotional value to their owners um but cats have never been fully domesticated like dogs have been cats they see you as their companion, but never their owner. They come to you looking for food, but never love and affection, which is what a dog longs for. Um, cats are mercurial and unreadable creatures, but the unreadability of their expressions and body language means that humans must work that little bit harder by trying to project their interpretations onto how the cat is feeling or what it's looking for because because of this yeah uh, Chinese people they view cats as kindred spirits very like people in that they pursue a sense of individuality um, but all in all cats have a calming effect on people and can shield them from the anxieties of daily life. Um, and this is their appeal. Right. Now from small cats to big cats. Um, it's worth now returning to the tiger because... Yeah, I want to finish the this podcast speaking about the conservation efforts that are being made in China to help reverse the falling numbers of tigers in the wild. Now, yeah, some of you might be thinking, you know, wild tigers in China, you know, what's he talking about? Um, 
Thailand has tigers, Myanmar, uh, Laos, they all have tigers. Um, and it's true, they do. Um, that species of tiger is called the Indo-Chinese tiger. But in the northeastern pocket of China, there exists a small number of tigers in the wild. Um, and this species of tiger is called the Amur tiger, A-M-U-R. Some of you might know it better as the Siberian tiger. And it's, it's yeah, it's, it's spread throughout um, Russia um, and, and, uh, and China. Um, more of the creatures live in Russia than they do in China. Um, but a century ago, there were some 500 of these animals in the wilds of northeastern China. Um, but by the end of the 20th century, you know, that figure had dwindled to a mere seven known individuals. Remarkably, today, that figure has climbed to roughly 55 tigers, which is, it's an impressive turnaround. But why the recovery? Um, when, you know, when so many animals around the world are dying out, um, why are tigers rebounding? Well, you know, it mostly has to do with two things, okay? One, a continuing awareness campaign amongst the Chinese public of environmental protection. And two, government policies. Uh, the Amor Tiger has benefited from things like increased anti-poaching laws, the removal of thousands of tiger snares, and yeah, just a more focused protection of its habitat. Um, globally, there are an estimated 4,000 tigers in the wild. A century ago, that number was 100,000. Um, that's the state of things today. It's... Yeah, it's sad to see. And most of those tigers live in India. Um, and that species is called the Bengal tiger. Um, but yeah, back in 1998, it was concluded that tigers in China were pretty much a lost cause. Uh, but ever since then, attitudes have changed. Towards the back end of 2021, I think it was in October... Um, China was heavily involved in the first part of the UN Biodiversity Conference. Um, this one was carried out online. And, yeah, this it doesn't surprise me because in the last number of years, authorities have really upped the ante in protecting biodiverse areas of the country. And, yeah, I've seen this change firsthand. You know, if you look around in China at the number of urban wetlands that have been created in recent years, uh, that's just one example. Uh, and we're not talking here like just a pond, one or two ponds around the place. We're, we're talking huge parks, hectares upon hectares in size. And China has said in a policy paper that they are committed to setting aside one million square miles of territory as priority areas for biodiversity protection. That's impressive. Um, and you know, initiatives like this 
can only be a good thing for the future existence of the Amur tiger in China and any other species of, of animal, really, because um, with the tiger, yeah, at least 300 Amur tigers are needed to ensure their continued survival. Um, and reaching that tally will depend on factors like a large enough habitat, enough prey, particularly deer and wild boar, um, while yeah, protecting human and tiger populations from each other. Um, so yeah, plenty of good work is being carried out behind the scenes, and you know what, maybe, maybe with twenty twenty two being the year of the tiger, there'll be an even greater focus on looking after this treasured animal. Um, incidentally, yeah, part two of the UN Biodiversity Conference will be held in Kunming in Yunnan province between the 25th of April and the 8th of May uh, this year. Um, and this is going to be a face-to-face meeting which uh, amongst delegates, which will be interesting. Um, and... Yeah, you might remember that it was in Yunnan in August last year when a herd of elephants went on this like long march across the province. It broke the, the Chinese internet and it was the story of the summer. And like the tiger, similar efforts are being made to expand their habitat too um, because their population is growing. Their numbers have doubled since the 1980s. Uh, that number now stands at 300 elephants in the wild of southwest China. Um, and of course, a growing population of wild animals need somewhere to live, don't they? Um, and there's good people l- looking after them. Um, there's a centre in Xishuangbana that carries out protection measures um, and educates the local public of, of the region too about uh, how to live alongside their elephant friends. So in general, there's a, a heightened environmental awareness across the country, which is great to see. Uh, right, so I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, but before I do, in the spirit of animal welfare... We at the China Podcast are delighted to be lending our support to a very exciting event in Chongqing on February 5th called the Cyber Cinema Walk, which has been jointly organized by Chongqing Pet Lovers and Dungeon Bar and Cafe. So what's what's it all about? Well, it's a cyber walk and participants will meet in downtown Jiefeng Bay, in Chongqing City, where they'll be split into teams of two to four people, uh, depending on numbers. Um, yeah, they'll have to follow clues and instructions in the events uh, WeChat group uh, in order to complete challenges around the city centre. And the goal of the game is to make it to Dungeon Bar and Cafe within the two-hour time frame, uh, where they'll be able to view a cyberpunk film followed by a DJ set of Cyber House Trance Music by a fella called Bad Monkey. Um, Now, if you're doing this and you know where Dungeon Bar and Cafe is, don't cheat. You can't cheat. You have to pass all the challenges. Uh, You have to tick the boxes. Otherwise, you're going to be disqualified. No film for you. 
Um, yeah, registration is 200 RMB, uh, which also includes two drinks and a finisher's medal for every participant. And this is a cool thing. Prizes will also be given to the best dressed people. Um, and the dress code is strictly cyberpunk. So go all out. Polish those Dr. Martens. Bring a glow stick. If you're a man, wear some blue lipstick that glitters. Anything goes. Uh, if you are in Chongqing during Spring Festival, sign up. Give it a shot. The promotional poster is doing the rounds in all the main WeChat groups at the minute. Um, if you're in our podcast group, it's there. Uh and yeah, you register by simply scanning the QR code and following the instructions. And please do so by February 4th to secure your spot. And if you'd like some inspiration or a flavor of the cyberpunk aesthetic, go back, listen to our cyberpunk episodes. Um, and we speak for a bit about uh, about cyberpunk fashion there as well. Um, and the great thing, about this event is that it's all in the name of a fantastic cause uh, with proceeds going to the Golashan Animal Rescue Shelter. Um, there are some wonderful people here in Chongqing who put their heart and soul into looking after the stray and abandoned animals of the city. So if you're in town on February 5th, check it out. The organisers would only be thrilled with the support. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to sign off. Um, have a very happy Chinese New Year. And may the year of the tiger bring you good fortune. We'll talk soon. Xin yan kuai le. <笑>我不说话就是蛮狠的呢我不说话就是没打我晓得的我不说话就是没打我晓得的我不说话就是没打我晓得的我不说话就是没打我晓得的我不说话就是没打我晓得的我不说话就是没打我晓得的<笑><